Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast, a comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, March the 10th, and we're back from vacation. My name is Chris, and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. And that's right, we've got a regular episode for you guys. Uh, welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, we were out last week, so we played a, a reprint, is what we call it, mm-hmm. of Daredevil Born Again. That was a good good book. It's a good book. One of the best out there. Um, yeah, I just had a Daredevil in the mind, decided to, we should pick that one. Um, we did have a regular episode of the Reader Copy Recap, so um, if you guys have not been yep. checking out that show, uh, take a look on our feed. We've got it there. Yeah, we just finished off WandaVision. Man, what a great series. That was, what a way to get back into the MCU. Oh yeah, what a mind death. A lot a lot of going on. Left us wanting more. Yeah, and I think we're going to get more with Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to be doing that next. But uh, this is our regular podcast episode. Um, if you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. Why don't you explain how this show works? Here on the regular show, we got three different parts. First up, we'll talk about the comic news that came in this week. Actually, this going to be the news from this week and last week because we did take a break. Um, yeah. But in the middle, we're going to be talking about a comic book. This time, we're doing a book called Bang with an exclamation point at the end. And then we are going to finish with our side stories, whatever we've been uh, watching, reading, and whatever. It's been keeping uh, us entertained during the week. Yeah, so... So let's catch up on the news from two weeks. Surprisingly, all the news that uh, we want to talk about is all DC comic news. Funny enough. Yeah, that's right. DC's been busy. Yeah. One of the big news that came out was from Entertainment Weekly and announced that a Superman movie reboot is coming from writer Tanashi Coates. Yes. Tanashi. I don't know how to pronounce it. Tanashi Coates? Tanahisi Coates? Ta- I'm not sure either. I've heard it pronounced Tanashi Coates. Okay. Tanahisi Coates. So, uh, Mr. Coates is going to be writing a superman film and it's supposed to be like a new reboot but i don't know what that means necessarily uh are we in a different universe is this going to be connected at all to the snyder stuff we don't know we had no it's a new writer a new take on it produced again a new property produced under jj abrams company um but uh tana hasi coats we know him from uh <laughs> some comic books we've seen in the past black panther right he's done yes. some uh captain america stuff but he's known also mm-hmm. as like just an essayist and uh, he's run some a few novels also mm-hmm. yeah i'd love to see what he can do with kind of like this boy scout hero um pretty different from what we've read in black panther um but I, yeah i don't know if we need or want another superman movie <laughs> that's the big uh, bummer here is another superman i i just like you guys got other characters right you know that right <laughs> Oh, yeah, we know. We got Batman. (laughs) For every, like, 10 Batman movies, they make, like, two Superman movies, and then they'll make, like, a Wonder Woman movie, and Uh that's it. A Wonder Woman. (laughs) I I also want to know is, because it's a reboot, is it a new actor, or is it the Cavs, Henry Cavill, or is it going to be, like, I've seen fan art with, like, an African-American Superman, like Michael B. Jordan. Right. I think a little while ago, they were considering when they we already kind of wanted to cavil out some people they're considering uh, michael b jordan another uh, black actor to play him maybe this is also a lead into an uh, indication of that because um mr coates has been known to do mm-hmm. um, a lot of stories revolving around the um 
black experience in America. So that, that could be another sure. reason why it might be a recast. And I don't think Henry Cavill fits that bill. So they might have re- re- Yeah, because he's not American. That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, why. that's why. That's <laughs> why. He's British. Um, as much as I would like to see a whole new take on Superman and throw in uh, an actor of another nationality, I still think like we haven't done justice with Henry Cavill as Superman yet. Like, Man of Steel was okay, and it was a good, different take of Superman. And what little we saw of him in Justice League was also better. But I want to see like a Christopher Reeve style Superman with Henry Cavill. Is that what you want? Because what we got of that in in Justice League was, I thought, pretty good. And the darker tone we had all before that, some people mm-hmm. wanted, and they wanted a new direction. I personally didn't like that. Um, so I don't know what the audience wants, right? I so that, the audience doesn't know what they want because they say yeah. they want the Snyder cut, but I'm telling you, you probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. Batman versus Superman was supposed to be a pseudo sequel to Man of Steel, and I could see a way how it it should have been, but it definitely did not feel like it. It followed Batman and made Superman the villain, and I yeah. I think that was to its detriment. But that doesn't mean Henry Cavill is a bad Superman. I know it's not his fault. The thing is, is no. it's not our fault either. You can't make no, us want not. him more <laughs> as true. in the role. So, you know, I think a clean break is good for everybody. All right, he's all doing right. other stuff. I know, I know, Superman's probably his biggest thing, but he's doing other stuff too. Witcher, I hear, is pretty good. He's building computers. That's building computers. <laughs> he's gaming right now. Right, he's busy. Right. Do you like the idea of rebooting Superman and putting a, a different kind of actor in the role? I think so. I think uh, I think the Snyder Cut is going to be the end of that whole era, I think. Um, okay. And I think a clean break. And these, like, I think, I guess Abrams is the new DC guy, right? Or his company, at least, is surrounding themselves to poise themselves. They're doing just like Dark, but now they're doing the mainstream stuff. So I guess that's what's, how it's going to shake out. And we have a whole new paradigm. The thing about Abrams, for me, my opinion is when he first came out, when I first started seeing his stuff, I was like, I love Lost. Lost is a great show. Oh, man, I love Cloverfield. That's such a cool take to a, a uh-huh. monster movie. And then he kept putting more stuff out. I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. Oh, or, yeah, I, I don't I don't like this anymore. Really? <laughs> You're just yeah. losing your interest as the money goes up. It's just like the more and more he puts out, like his batting average is getting lower and lower. <laughs> and I don't know, like, yeah, it's going to be written by Tashi Coates, but it's produced by J.J. Abrams, right? Yeah. So, like, let's... I hope he he has is just putting the money behind it. <laughs> it is not really influencing uh, the storytelling. Yeah, we don't. He's not directing it so far, so we don't know who is directing it yet. But uh, mm-hmm. I think it is going to be a new direction, right? Um, I I think it's going to be a far left from the Cavill Superman we have. I don't know if it's going to be returned to the Donner Christopher Donner type of thing either. It's gonna. I think it's a new take that we, we don't know yet. Uh, yeah, modernization somehow. Yeah, I guess if you want to reboot, you got to totally do something totally different than what's been done and a lot has been done but putting michael b jordan in that role i also think we're like we have enough michael b jordan stuff that, that too he's kind of everywhere so i don't know yeah uh, yeah whatever i honestly i'm not a huge superman fan so like do whatever you want with him i don't care <laughs> it, it just like the character the trajectory with the movies it's just the Shining glory Superman, which is how it was in comics, and then it gets to the, the darker tone. That's what comics was, and now it's going to be modernization somewhere in between. I think. Okay. Yeah, he's going to deal with like gentrification. Yeah, okay, I don't want that either. <laughs> 
Um, so that'll come out eventually, I hope. Um, but what I think we're going to get before that is a whole separate universe of DC Comics stories. Oh. And like I said, remember how, like I said, like because of the pandemic, all media is taking like one step back. Like movies are getting their TV series and things like that would get a series would get like uh, are now merging into podcasting. Yeah. And that's what DC is absolutely doing. They're doing their whole podcast universe over on Spotify. <laughs> the podcast DC universe. I can't believe in 2021 <laughs> that's a thing. <laughs> Yep, and um, they've already like announced a couple of shows that's going to be part of this universe. Um, they're going to have a Catwoman series, Wonder Woman, The Riddler, Batgirl, and a Superman and Lois series okay. on Spotify. So these are audio podcasts. You're just listening. I know you're doing it now, listening to people talk, but I mean, I, I don't know if I want to listen to superhero stories. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. I don't think it's that big of a deal, though. <laughs> I think uh, th- so. There's nine shows total. They're showing up on Spotify. And these are joining that Batman one we noted earlier in, in one of our comic news. We were wrong. Yeah. It's not going on HBO Max. That show is going on Spotify. So okay, I hope so. Yeah. So I don't know how it's going to be on HBO. That's weird. You're just sitting in your living room watching the a blank screen as you listen to a podcast. <laughs> So Marvel attempted something like this with a Wolverine podcast. Yeah, right. They have a lot of uh, stuff, I think. Look, I love Wolverine. I love Batman. But I I don't think I'm going to just sit there and listen to their stories. I just think it could be cool as long as it's good storytelling. The Wolverine one was like, um, it just baked him into a shadow in that story. Like he was like the monster mm-hmm. of the whole thing. Just tell a better, a better story. I didn't okay. like that. Yeah. I think um, storytelling could work out. They have voice actors. It's just like that. Just do. There's some good, you know, fiction-based story, narrative story podcasts out there. I kind of like them. I, yeah, I just can't get into those. I prefer the more like, I guess like serial is what got me into listening to podcasts. Sure. Even though it's like a true story. Uh, the way they're telling it is through like investigative and it's not like a narrative fiction story um, but you you really enjoyed the Sandman audio recording right? There you go that was so good uh, that, that might be my you know rose colored glasses but it was really good yeah. I gotta say just the the way they introduced all the characters it made you feel like you're looking at them right? Trick my brain into visualizing the character and you could do that with these famous characters I think. Is it high production value like sound effects and music and all that? Totally I mean you can it feels like you're that that show felt like you're falling into a dream and if this can make you feel like you're in gotham or you're following superman up in the air flying around you know mm. all what's the word where you like make the noise behind uh the animations and all that whatever that is <laughs> yeah. add that into the podcast too out of all the titles that they unleashed that they're gonna make shows out of i think the pretty interesting one is a riddler show audio podcast like riddler is i've seen different takes of riddler i've seen like the wacky question mark riddler i've seen like the more serious riddler i, I wonder how they're gonna do it on on an audio version i guess they gotta go a little bit more crazy but yeah i i, I like how they can shine a light and give a show to lesser popular characters yeah not, not even the heroes right it's a villain right um yeah. I, when you first heard it, did you think it was going to be comedic stuff no i thought it was going to be all it reminds me of like old-timey radio shows okay radio play yeah i thought it was going to be like that and i i don't know like i, I can't listen to all of that <laughs> so the batman property is called batman unburied and it says it's 
exploring the dark aspects of Batman's psychology, Bruce Wayne's psychology.、Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to be like an audio tape, like he's talking into like a, his, you know, journal audio thing at the end of fighting some crime. I, I, that's what I imagine it's going to be like. I could see that. I could see that, and I could see me not really listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you wouldn't like that either. But I listen to a lot of podcasts. This could be just another thing on my list. All right. Well, this is going to be on Spotify. They signed a deal,、uh, I think, last June.、Um, so they're going to be coming out with a bunch of shows. Uh, like you said, it was gonna be nine. So there's even more shows that they didn't announce yet.、Um, I bet they're still in development. So is there like a character, a DC character you think would have a pretty cool podcast style storytelling? Yeah, I want to see the Static Shock one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know he's a superhero. You know he's the most known DC superhero. I think he deserves a podcast. All right. I don't know about that. <laughs> How about you? You have any in mind? Any、uh, um, DC characters? Can you imagine、uh, like I, your podcast underwater when you're Aquaman? Yeah, I would want Aquaman. I was gonna say I want Aquaman, and it's just like <laughs> just throwing a dolphin. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, cool for them. They're trying other things. Their comic books, I know they're not selling as great, so they're trying to find other outlets to get their characters out there and their stories out there. But I, I'll check it out. But honestly, like, I don't know if I'm gonna love listening to. I'd rather just read the comic books. I guess it's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, are they gonna <laughs> just explore stuffy stories you already know? I don't know. They have a、uh, Jeffrey Wright, so they have some some voice actors. Let's see who who else they can get, pick up. Jeffrey Wright is playing Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's playing Wonder Woman. Man, if, <laughs> if I already don't want to just listen to one,、uh, it's hard enough to just read without any <laughs> images. Because、no、what leaked over the break was Zack Snyder's like storyboard script for his potential sequels to Justice League. Right, Justice League two and three supposedly got leaked. The storyboards, at least. Yeah. So huge spoilers if you care about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League that just comes. Out in a couple weeks, but what happens in his sequels is like pretty crazy. Yeah, I think it spells like what、um, I think it's kind of aligns with what I considered was going to happen in Snyder Cut. I think I was kind of really point. There's another aspect of it that I, I wasn't sure about, but it gets pretty crazy. It I feel like it's like really going for it. like it's swinging for the fences, and it might knock some things out of the park. It might strike out in some things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah, so it's a bunch of pages of just kind of like bullet points, and I'm just gonna kind of like skip over a few that I thought was you know pretty poignant to talk about for a Justice League movie. But like, essentially, what happens in the Snyder Cut, I'm guessing from these storyboards, is similar to what the theatrical release was. The Justice League have to bring back Superman from the dead, right? So he does, right? Accomplish that.、And、we kind of we can kind of expect that from the trailers of of the Snyder Cut. But what bringing him back means is like、um, I guess Darkseid now wants to invade Earth, right? Oh, and he's kind of like splitting that story into two movies, kind of like what Infinity War and Endgame was. This really feels like he's trying to do an Endgame. Right, right, okay, splitting up with the whole big bad arriving, touching down on Earth.、Um, right. Another aspect is、uh, Lex Luthor playing a role. Him organizing、mm-hmm. uh, your favorite. Yeah, you love you love your Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor decides to make a league of their own with Rosie O'Donnell、yes. and, <laughs> and Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> They they start like the Legion of Doom, right? Yeah, Legion of Doom. And the the characters for the Legion of Doom is kind of a cool mix. 
We have, um, was it Dr. Poison from the Wonder Woman movie? Right. Dr. Maru is her name. Yep. And then from the Aquaman movie, you'll have um, Orm and Black Manta. Orm is uh, Ocean Master, right? That's right. Right. The like brother, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. We got the Riddler from the Batman. Was it ever supposed to be this version of Matt Reeves' Batman or, you know, uh, Ben Affleck's supposed Batman? Possibly. I think this should have been like Ben Affleck's Batman, that Riddler. And then also um, at this time, I I think supposedly the Flash movie would have been out and it would have been like Captain Cold from that Flash movie. Right. So that would have been like the whole um, Legion of Doom. No Deathstroke, surprisingly, even though he showed up in kind of like the theatrical cut. Oh, yeah. I didn't see. I forgot to think of that during the end of the storyboard, reading the storyboard. But that's crazy. That, that's how they so, left off the yeah. theatrical version, right? Was that BVS? Yeah. What, what's up no, with that? of the Justice League. Oh. So I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess Snyder does not like Mango Jello. Oh, wow. <laughs> And essentially the, the sequel, so part two would have been like Justice League versus Legion of Doom kind of kind of a, a movie, right? Yeah. And then it turns out that Legion of Doom was really like in cahoots with Darkseid to kind of like take out the League so that Darkseid can invade in part three. And part three would have a time jump where it's kind of like the nightmare sequence we see in BVS, like the world is a wasteland. Right. I kind of called that when I was talking about my expectations for the Snyder Cut. <laughs> like it, we're going to run down this road. We're going to enter the apocalypse the reason it goes like that superman (laughs) right right (laughs) (laughs) superman goes crazy and kind of like almost destroys the earth because dark side shows up at the end of part two to kill lois yeah come on snyder you're going too dark here i think Um, again, this is potential spoilers for the Snyder Cut, but I, I have a strong feeling these movies are not getting made. <laughs> part two and part three, so who cares, right? Um, so part three, because the world is like an apocalypse now and Darkseid has taken over and Superman is evil, um, what Batman does is he builds Flash that um, treadmill thing. <laughs> <laughs> to work out. Get his cardio to, up. To actually travel back in time and see stop Lois from dying, meaning get Batman to stop, to jump ahead of Lois and get shot before she does, right? Oh, okay, right. And uh, he does that, um, which then causes Superman to kind of like, instead of a rage of anger because Lois dies, he's more inspired to fight Darkseid because Batman is now dying. And which uh, by the end of the movie, I think he eventually does die as a sacrifice. Ooh, wow, okay. And um, uh, yeah, and they all fight, big climactic ending. Um, Flash becomes like uh super powerful to the point where like he is in multiple places at once that's how fast he is oh it's like it's almost uh, like traveling in the present <laughs> right, okay it's kind of like the uh, kingdom come look okay right yeah um i think like wonder woman becomes the new queen of themyscira because her mom dies aquaman becomes king of the seven seas whatever uh and then um somewhere in there like the green lanterns show up <laughs> okay you're gonna say cyborg gets written out <laughs> <laughs> cyborg <laughs> Cyborg loses his lawsuit and <laughs> never seen him again. And then there's one big, like, kind of glaring surprise that, uh, do you want to reveal it? Uh, you go ahead if you okay. want to. I don't think these movies are happening. Yeah. So I'm just going to reveal it now. Uh, Lois is pregnant throughout the, the two movies, right? Yeah. And it's not <laughs> Superman's kid. <laughs> it's Batman's kid. It's Bruce Wayne's son. Come on. 
Yeah. And Batman dies. Clark or Superman, using his x-ray vision and whatever, realizes that it's not his kid. It's Batman's kid. But he promises to raise it and love it like it's his son. And it, it jumps 20 years later. The son is like a man now. And uh, apparently, like, Gotham has had no crime for 20 years. Oh. And crime is starting to come back. So he takes up the mantle as the new Batman. <laughs> Jeez. W- Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk thing to do, right? You're not the new Superman. You're the new Batman. I guess he doesn't have the powers. He can't fake it. I don't know. I don't know what... <laughs> When did Batman bang Lois Lane <laughs> while <laughs> Superman was dead? Do you remember when he's running to uh, get to Superman? He, that's why he was late. <laughs> uh, so it gets crazy. I, 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 I want to see it because of how crazy it is. Yeah, there's too much going on. It feels so much like Zack Snyder to kind of make things a little bit dark and like weird mm-hmm. things up with Lois and, and, and Bruce. And I think ha- half of the third movie would have been in that post-apocalyptic future too. Yeah. Until until Flash goes back in time to change the time. So I kind of like that. I think it's kind of cool that it does goes to that extreme and it's a risk. We live in a society, right? And all that. I think it'll be kind of fun. I think we're going to see that. It depends on how long the Snyder Cut's going to be in there. But all this other stuff we could do away with. We can do away with Lex too. No, he's the, he's the whole villain of the second one. Exactly. That's why it's not being made. <laughs> <laughs> also like i think in the third one joining batman and like his ragtag team of people in the future is um dead shot so will smith might have been in that oh third one come on just just because he's a superstar we're gonna make him a real hero because they he has to form like this team of whatever people to fight superman and like dead shot was one of the people there oh uh, okay okay i mean we're yeah. already maybe getting joker joining in right in the actual snyder cut so maybe that makes sense yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But apparently it would have ended just like Endgame with a big fight against Darkseid and his foes. And like the Themyscirans show up and the Atlanteans show up and Green Lantern shows up with the whole Green Lantern Corps and all that. So it would have been cool to see, but also we've kind of seen it. Kind of a spectacle, but it again points to DC playing catch up a bit, right? Yeah. Don't want that, you know. So... This is what it would have been if Snyder got his way. Do you still want to see the Snyder Cut? Do you guys still want what you're asking for? Because this is what you're going to get. It's a couple of weeks from now. We'll see if uh, the, this all fleshes out. I doubt all of it is. I think some of it we can already see in the trailer shakes out. Do you think some of this makes its way into the Snyder Cut because he's probably not going to make these movies? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, the Legion of Doom stuff, I think it's too much to do. Mm-hmm. Since we're already fitting the stuff, we got in the theatrical version, at least part of that, right? In the four hours, yeah. and the math doesn't add up to all of it going in there, but the dark side apocalypse stuff becoming Earth, yeah. that's going to be in there. Jesse Eisenberg. No. <laughs> As uh, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't think these movies are going to get made. I think Snyder Cut's going to come out and that'll be the it and all for the Snyder Justice League verse. And, um, we can just move forward with a whole new DC roster of people like rebooted Superman, Matt Reeves, Batman, hopefully. Uh, just wait till we, we realize this is a multiverse and we get to loop back into this one a couple of oh, years later. Great. All right. Oh, no, no, thank you. All right. <laughs> well, that is it for the news. I hope you guys enjoyed <laughs> Justice League two and three. Um, if you haven't already, please 
please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, and uh, talk to us about how the Snyder's Cut turned out. And uh, let us know what you think about the storyboards that got released on all our social medias at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast. All right, let's jump into the comic that you chose today. It's a really fun comic called Bang. You know, we get some like different ideas from from Inner Comics. Maybe we'll get some of the historical aspect of it, like in the recent stuff we've done, like ElfQuest and Usagi Yojimbo, maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe we just want some action-packed superhero stuff. You know, that's always good mm-hmm. in comics. But sometimes I like digging into the trippy side of comics. It's kind of weird. I know. <laughs> psychological ideas, weird things. I love that. That's my jam. And the one I picked today, bang, exclamation point, kind of exclamation dives, point. <laughs> dives into that a bit. Um, and so for this comic, it's uh, under Dark Horse Comics. It's a mini series, meaning it's only issues one through five. And uh, as of now, we're stopping there. Uh, and of course, it's written by Matt Kent. Oh, we've done a comic of his before, right? Yeah, he did. Um, he wrote Mind Management, which is also like a trippy kind of story. Yeah, that was your pick, funny enough, though, right? So yeah, you love that stuff too. Uh, so this is kind of in that vein, also. Some of the stuff he's done too. Um, Department H, Justice League of America. He's worked on Spider Man, Ninjak, Rai for some of the um, Valiant stuff. Uh, but actually, a lot of the stuff he's worked on is some uh, espionage things and that is also mm-hmm. in line with this that's kind of the, one Absolutely. of the themes he loves and he's also done some illustration work right so he's done uh, that part of the aspect of the industry and he also uh, teaches a class in drawing comics at star clipper oh, really? comics in uh, university city missouri so you know i guess he just is a fan of the industry and he's trying to educate let's go let's go <laughs> I'll pick up the ticket. All right. Um, our artist today, his name is Wilfredo Torres. Um, mm. Some of the stuff he's worked on, uh, I've seen before too. Uh, Jupiter's Circle. So that was a prequel to Jupiter's Legacy, uh, oh. the Mark Miller thing. I think we got a trailer for that out for the, the, the Jupiter's yeah, Legacy. Like a teaser. I, never see, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen uh, stills. So I'll take a look at that. Maybe it's good or not. I don't know. But uh, Wilfredo's worked on that. Um, mm. He's also worked on Quantum Age. That's a spin-off of the Black Hammer stuff. So that's, you know, my jam, of course. Oh, really? Yeah. He's worked on Moon Knight also, also with Lemire. So I think Lemire, uh, Matt Kintz, and Wilfredo, they've worked on, like, different projects together. There's kind of like, you know, a camp in the uh, comic book industry. Nice. One property he's worked on also is Lobster Johnson. Have you heard of that? What is that? It's uh, something in the Hellboy universe where... Uh, like you know how like heroes they pick up like animals as their moniker like spider-man batman this guy is a lobster yeah that's his thing so uh one property you might want to check out but um so about this book itself bang it's kind of like uh again this weird trippy idea wrapped up in um spy espionage characters right and it gets kind of weird there as we go through the story but i'll try to keep us on track by like talking about these archetypes for spies right yes because they're very stereotypical characters and then us for the reader that's going to help us out as we kind of try to track through the story I, i i loved it i love like seeing exactly who they're like parodying exactly yeah um and like what's you know what's the most obvious spy in pop culture right now it's you know probably james bond right yes story decades of things with him and that's kind of what the type of character we follow first in the story 
This guy's name is Thomas Cord, and he's kind of like the stereotypical misogynistic James Bond type white guy, right? With a, yep. Well, he's got like a button down. He's all debonair, right? Yeah. We see him like tied up to a chair in front of like these evil henchmen, and he's still like super suave, like even though he's the one tied up in the chair. He's already like bloodied nose, bleeding nose, tied up though. Um, he's all calm because he's got in his um, watch there, he's got a secret tool, a laser that he can use to shoot at and uh, take off the ties on his other hand. Mm-hmm. So he breaks free and he knocks out these guys. And these guys are from like an evil organization. Of course, James Bond is always against like an evil group. Right. And this group is called Gold Maze. Yeah, that's the the, the whole organization he's fighting against. Um and as he breaks free, he, you know, takes some fists to all these henchmen's faces, knocking out the Uzis they have in their hands, and even takes like this like s- silver briefcase and uh, takes it to the head of one of these henchmen. As uh, we get a look of the setting they're in, he's like running through this like, you know, a decadent, big, nice, um, modern uh, property, right? Like a rich guy's pad with all this like. Yeah, it's like Tony Stark's penthouse from Iron Man 2. <laughs> exactly, pretty much, because he just jumps out of these gigantic bay windows right as he yep. um, goes into the ocean so we're off in like some tropical nice area as he uh, makes his getaway swimming to this small little yacht getaway that he has right um, well, he still has the suitcase with him that he took and he gets on the yacht he opens the suitcase and what's inside is just a book this like little uh, paperback book that's what he was there for it's got on the cover the title is The 18 Stigmata of Philip Verge and it's this weird creepy guy's face on there uh, and like these like tentacles oozing out so uh, weird book his mission was to get this book that was the whole thing yeah he's even questioning his mission like man I went through like 50 agents and destroyed two helicopters and all this just to get a book like what is this and her man, uh, Thomas Cord, he's, of course, the smoothest guy around and mission accomplished, but he's also got his icing on the cake because we've got ourselves like a, a Bond girl on the yacht, this <laughs> beautiful lady with um, like uh, in a swimsuit, right, uh, getting it up and close with Thomas Cord, and immediately they just start having relations. <laughs> he's like on top of her already, he's taking off his shirt, and before he could do anything, she pulls a gun out and puts it under his chin. And blows his brains out as Thomas Cord, our hero, goes falling into the ocean and uh, the Bond girl type girl she uh, takes up the book and uh, stabs Thomas Cord in the back. This isn't like, you know, secretly faking his death to get away with something like no, his brains blew out the back of his head. <laughs> right. Uh, R.I.P. Thomas Cord. But now we're at um, his uh, base, this um, secret headquarters for MI10. That's the, um, the spy organization in this book right the um the governmental yeah. organization yeah so like in england it's like mi6 right right this is mix x for 10 so mi10 um but we're in a meeting with some type of director of the organization and she's giving a debrief to this one character um this guy's name is thomas cord <laughs> This is not the other Thomas Cord now, though. This is a, I guess you would call a new Thomas Cord, even though he is Thomas Cord. <laughs> right, right. Uh, this is a black gentleman. If I had to cast him, odds are I'm going to pick Michael B. Jordan. I got to say, we want to say they did not even try to hide it. He looks just like Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> right, it's kind of annoying. 
But this guy, that's his name. That's his identity. That's just who he is, Thomas Cord. And um, the, the director is giving a brief of what to do for his mission. And he hands him the 18 stigmata of Philip Verge. This is your mission. It's the same book that the other Thomas Cord like retrieved. He is supposed to take down, of course, this um, criminal organization, the Gold Maze. Um, and directors detailing the author. His name is Philip Verge. He's um he's kind of like a mole, right? He he seems mm-hmm. to be writing the, this material that um has like some type of code in it, and we need to break it down. We need to find yeah. the author and um figure out how he's got the secret to take down the gold maze. So we now see um Thomas Cord. This is the other one now. This is Michael B. Jordan Thomas Cord. Yes. Um, he's up somewhere somewhere. Looks like I don't know, like the Swiss Alps or something. Like it's snowy mountains. He's wearing like an all white spy suit to like tactical suit to get into the the big mansion slick and it's weird because he's having this inner monologue about himself Mm -hmm. while also like some trippy things are happening like the owl says something to him right yeah a a weird daze is in right and yeah so it's it's not like he's fully understanding what's going on we get a little uh understanding of what the gold maze is it's some type of uh weird cabal that was organized in the 60s there's some fanatic cult leaders but they've grown into this big um terrorist organization right yeah very james bond it's just like specter from james bond right pretty much you know you're on point there as Thomas Cord breaks into this kind of house in these uh, snowy mountains, inside is this beautiful woman smoking a cigarette, waiting for him. And um, she's just smoking a cigarette, talking to Thomas, saying, um, oh, I've been waiting for you. As she blows the smoke into his face, Thomas, he gets dizzy and he knocks out the smoke, was actually emitting some type of noxious um, gas into his face and he falls to the ground. And As he wakes up, it's like still like super trippy, right? Like there's like a black cat and it's almost like the black cat is talking to him, yeah. right? <laughs> He's like psychedelic or whatever. And he's seeing all these visions that of like his past memories as Thomas Cord, and he's starting to realize like these memories are kind of impossible. Some memories were back in the 1950s, right? To the 70s, where he's exactly the same age as he is now. Yeah, like he's in his like looks like his early 30s, where like he wouldn't even be alive fighting crime in the 50s, right? Right, doing these hardcore spy missions, taking out these other like gold maze agents decades and decades ago. It doesn't make sense at yeah. all. It's very James Bond. It looks like James Bond, like sequences taken out of all like the generations of James Bond, right? But it, it's this African American Thomas Cord guy, and even he's just realized like these are like impossible memories. Just a, a weird rush of different faces kind of go into his head as like these memories come back to him. Um, and again, he's there for the author Philip Verge as he's moseying on down this nice gigantic mansion house. He can hear a tippy tack, like a weird typing noise on a typewriter. That's who he's looking for, right? He's following the sound up the stairs. Finally gets to like the main room. He kicks the door open and we see there Philip Verge. Um, but he's not the one typing. It's like the typewriter has arms that's typing itself. Philip Verge was waiting for him. He's just smoking on his pipe, waiting for Thomas Cord. He knew he was coming. And um, he explains that my typewriter machine typed out that you were going to find me. Um, and the machine is actually typing out novels. All right. Yeah, it's like pages and pages of all these stories that apparently are like true stories. Some of the novels that this um, machine typed out are different spy thrillers. And um, they have different characters, like different archetypes for spies. But some of them have the main character as Thomas Cord. <laughs> yeah, like stories of him. 
Um, I want to akin this guy, this uh, Philip Virgil, is almost like a Tom Ca- Tom Clancy style guy. Right? Okay, like he's yeah. Writing spy. Imagine if all of Tom Clancy's books were true stories. <laughs> true stories that were just matter of fact true, right? Um, again, like the picture on the cover for this Thomas Court is not this guy. They're just they do have events in them that were in Thomas's life. That again doesn't yeah. make sense for his timeline. Yeah, it's the other Thomas Court. Uh, he details that you're not Thomas Court. You are a Thomas Court. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you said that name so many times so already on this podcast. Um, the cool thing about this book is each issue kind of has a new main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have different archetypes, different stereotypes for the spy person. Um, and they also start and off. The next one, the next one is my favorite one. Yeah. Oh, what would you? Who would you cast for this guy? This is no doubt about it. This is hundred percent Die Hard One Bruce Willis. <laughs> it looks just like him, right? Um, I mean, to the point where this character, who I think this character's name is John Shaw, yeah, right. He doesn't wear shoes on purpose. <laughs> is that a big thing in Die Hard? He doesn't have shoes because why? Oh, in the first one, he he takes off his shoes and then I guess he loses them. So like the rest of the movie doesn't have shoes, which is like a big part of the movie because uh, there's a scene where they shoot out the windows and the glass to to try to like trap him, and oh, he has yeah. to just force himself to run on the broken glass and then he's picking out glass out of his feet so having no shoes is a big part of Die Hard 1 and a big part of this character John Shaw as we catch up to him on a train and he's explaining to these other characters that I guess he just met on the train and they know who he is they know this is John Shaw like great hero and he's explaining to them why he doesn't wear shoes and he's saying like I want to be able to feel the ground with my feet it helps me like notice things that are wrong or, or anticipate attacks because i can like just sense it from the vibrations on the ground which is like you're just copying diehard dude <laughs> and that's the fun of it right so these guys are yeah. fans of his because actually john shaw knows there's books written about him but they're just kind of like tales that you can pick up in the news and they're just stories about this hero this like real life hero so um also these issues they start off with like a like a picture of a page in a uh one of these novels right yeah we're kind of like this long page a regular page that talks about this character's life and apparently john shaw he gets these packages and inside are like little capsules and he can breathe in the gas inside of them and they give him superpowers yes there's three different kinds of capsules i think like one is super intelligence one is super strength and one is like super senses and he can inhale one and it'll heighten that whatever he chooses but like he cannot do all three and or else he'll go like crazy yeah psychotic or something um so that's a cool part of his character he's got like some special powers he can tap into he talks about this one story um back on this yacht uh back when his wife left him and he was feeling down but as he's on this like vacation cruise actually right um out of nowhere gold maze arrives remember that organization they're kind of haunting this guy too as they arrive with mm-hmm. uzis to take them out gold maze they're they like always in like three-piece suits white yeah, suits with like gold masks yeah <laughs> Uh, John Shaw, he jumps into action and he takes on the uh, super strength capsule, right? And he takes off his shirt right away. Such a Bruce Willis thing to do. And pretty much like knocks out all the gold maze agents and saves the day. Uh, even when there's, there's one left, he like throws something in his face to knock him out. And he has like a one liner like, happy new year, right? Right. <laughs> just, just like die hard. Like they're not even shying away from it. Yibikaye, you know, totally just on the nose there. 
Um, so that was a story he told on this train with all these like um, fans of his. Back on the train, who shows up but Gold Maze again in present time? <laughs> um, they show up in gold ski mask, and right away, all of John Shaw's fans that were st- sitting next to him, they all just die immediately from Gold Maze. They all get shot up. Uh, John Shaw uses one of them as a human shield and barges into these Gold Maze agents, and um, he's able to take their guns and take them out. Um, and he gets on the phone with the leader of these gold maze agents, right? And yeah. It's this guy with like a burn on his face and like messed up mouth. <laughs> it's kind of like um, Javier Bardem's character, right? From Skyfall. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's pretty much telling John Shaw like, yeah, you beat the agents, but the real plan is there's a bomb on the train and it's going to crash into the next station, which will unleash like all this gas that'll kill like all of Los Angeles or something like that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Shaw, he goes quick into the action and he takes on the super intelligence capsule, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he hops on top of the train as it's still going forward. And we get like a quick glance, like blueprints in his head of the, the whole train. He's seeing like the right angle. <laughs> He's like limitless now. Right, exactly. Pretty much, right? <laughs> um, he has to like hit the certain point as the, the train hits a certain area and that should save the day, but it's all in his head, right? <laughs> yeah, but meanwhile, more gold agents show up on top of the train now and he has to like knock them out and he's in a battle with them and finally the guy that he was talking to with a scar on his face shows up and he has what he's calling a dead man trigger meaning if he releases this trigger the bomb's gonna blow up anyway okay so he can't let that go so sean he takes off his belt and (laughs) like a indiana jones he whips his belt so that it wraps around that guy's fist so he doesn't let go of the, the trigger, right? Yeah, he can't let go. And then he runs up on him and then shoots him right in the face, like an inch from his face. Bang! Right there in his face. Yeah. Um, and cut to uh, John is able to save the day and divert the train. It does crash, but it crashes kind of out of traffic and away from the city that can do the major harm. Mission accomplished. It's like the end of, uh, it's like the end of uh, Con Air. Remember Con Air? I do remember the ending. I just remember the... Like, the ending is like in, they're in Las Vegas and like it's all these like fire trucks and stuff. They save the day, right? Yeah. And um, so now John Shaw is like leaving and a car pulls up. He's like, get in. So John Shaw gets in the car and um, he doesn't know who this guy is. He just thinks like, oh, this is the guy that's supposed to give me a ride. Driver, yeah. Ends up, it's not his driver. It's Thomas Cord. What? Thomas Cord. And... Um, You'd expect him to be all surprised by this whole thing, but Thomas is cool as ever as he talks about what John Shaw just did, how he saved the day. And how would Thomas Cord know? Is he a Gold Maze member? No. Thomas Cord says he read it in a book and he pulls out (laughs) a novel and it is a story of what just happened. Like literally just happened. Uh, the, the book is called One Way Ticket. And it shows like the cover is like what exactly just happened. Right. And the way John Shaw is jumping to it is just like, I love it. It's just like the Bruce Willis jump from um, Die Hard when he had to like swing across the building. Oh, uh, okay. I don't And there's like a that. big explosion. It's like you just drew the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite Die Hard? Is it the first one for sure? I like the first one, but I also like the third one because I watched that a lot when I too. was a kid and it had cool riddles about the water jugs. <laughs> right, right. That was that was fun. Samuel L. was kind of fun in that too, right? And as much as people hate on the fourth one, Live Free or Die Hard, how outrageous it got, I still enjoy it. Is that Justice, Justin Long? Yeah, Justin Long. Okay, and, okay. Um, is, who is the bad guy? The bad guy is... Um, Snape? The guy from... <laughs> no, the guy from... <laughs> 
Uh, never mind. Whatever. Okay. That guy's the tech guy. Okay, our next character, her name is Michelle Queen. And something cool about her is she's got that, like, um, she's got, like, a skin-tight spy suit, right? Um, right. Maybe a Black Widow type of suit, right? Sure. I think she's more of a superhero kind of spy. Right, because this suit is actually engineered to communicate with the nerves in her body. And right. kind of, like, she can, like, talk to it. The thing is, it can also talk to her car like it like she has can like communicate in her brain <laughs> and talk to her car like her car is sentient right her ca- car is basically vision cars it's like night rider right? yeah she's talking to her car the car can move on its own and help her um and we see her now but she's like trapped and caught by another gold maze villain yeah this guy's got a cool look he's got a gold kimono and kind of like google glass type glasses um she's caught and she's detailing that this one guy built an that's causing a string of suicides because it rewrites what people see when they look through the glasses and it says just anything that's false it just blocks it out like it like erases it censors it right right so like there's shots of him watching the news and it just it pretty much just blanks out everything they say because none of it is true kind of crazy kind of a weird idea um, and Michelle Queen here is trapped trying to figure out what's going on as this villain monologues and details what uh, he's after. I also want to point out the news that he's watching is Fox News, but it's F-A-U-X. Okay, Fox. Fox. And the way they draw the anchor, like it's 100% Tucker Carlson. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's no denying it. So actually, this guy is after Michelle's boss, Jonathan King, and she's just the uh, way to get to him. Mm-hmm. While she's captured, she is again talking to her suit and talking to her car. Her car's name is B-O-I, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, B-O-I, boy. And the car, like, it's surrounded by a bunch of, like, henchmen also in, like, the garage. And they know that no one's in it. They're just, like, watching it. But somehow the car, like, turns on and, like, drives away with no driver. Um, The car, it escapes this parking garage. And it shoots out, like, barbed wire behind it. And it repels down the side of the parking garage. Down into the city streets of Japan. That's where we're at right now. This whole sequence reminds me of uh, Black Panther and when the sequence in Korea. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Sure, he was driving the car from like virtually. It looks just like that. That's that's a good good alignment. So it, it's navigating back to uh, Michelle Queen. Uh, meanwhile, she's still trapped. She's in this like turns out she's in a VR world that uh, the guy put her in. The guy puts on these glasses on her that changes everything she sees, and it kind of just looks like like trippy, weird out. Uh, visions that he sees like monsters that she sees now it's not what's actually in front of her and it's kind of just a torture device for her right um but the save the day is boy the car shoots out of the back it's almost like a frisbee that is like i don't know like you know like falcon has red wing yeah like a ai thing it looks like that like it can shoot up and then like shoot missiles and stuff to save a uh, queen so the pink frisbee it flies to michelle and one weird thing is it shoots out a phone like a cell phone out of itself <laughs> onto the yeah. ground and then uh, the phone starts to ring and the the villain says like, uh, did someone drop their phone? Who's, whose is this? <laughs> and he picks it up and once he picks it up, it flashes bright light into him and blinds him and distracts him as Michelle was able to break out because a frisbee um, ripped open her, her uh, ties. Do you know the show Viper? It's a short-lived show. 80s thing? I want to say the, I want to say it's the 90s, like oh. late 90s. Uh, but no. It's essentially Knight Rider. This guy has, 
has a super high-tech Dodge Viper, and uh, it also has like a, a drone thing that comes out of the back that he can control too. So it's uh, this reminds me of that because then the frisbee is just like floating next to Michelle Queen as like her sidekick. Okay, that's kind of cool. I never heard of. Is it good show? No, it's terrible. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> Shlocky, love it. Um, that frisbee takes the lights out, and Michelle has got the upper hand. She just takes out all these gold maze members as she breaks out the window. The frisbee attaches to her and um, opens up a parachute as she floats on down to Boy as a getaway. Uh, again, mission accomplished for Michelle as she navigates to Jonathan King's estate, and it's this nice, beautiful home. As she takes off her uh, super costume, you can see there's like metal attached to her spine. Um, yeah, all the way down her back. And when she takes off her costume, she sits directly to a wheelchair. Right. The suit, it turns out, was what allowed her to walk this whole time. She's impaired and she needed the suit to walk around. Um, but now she's just relaxing at home. And who's in the home there is Thomas Cord. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell? Who are you? Um, she thinks like this guy's looking for Jonathan King, her boss. But Thomas Cord knows there is no Jonathan King and you made him up and you are actually the real like mastermind behind this whole organization thing. Yes. Heard this like a uh, doctor of all of this science that can she actually built this entire suit and built the sentient AI instead of inside of boy and um, she's the whole mastermind and the smart one and is able to um, build this whole thing as Thomas explains that um, I know this because of this book as, as she hands as he hands over a book about her and um, talk about like how Thomas himself is a character in a book and yeah you have to, you have to understand this whole universe we're living in it's all connected <laughs> he's essentially gathering all these people in these books to figure out like what is going on with them and why they're in these books and he's like forming a team and he gives her her book and she's like oh how does it end and um it says like i die in my book but so do you so like at the end of her book she's dead also so it's like we have to figure out what's going on before we die yeah <laughs> Uh, I like Michelle Queen because she is kind of like this character from an old cartoon called Totally Spies. Have you ever heard of it? I don't know that. Okay, all. shout it out must to be my, what this guy's copying. Shout out to my generation because it's like these high school girls that are actually spies. It's okay, cartoon. Is it like Kim Possible? Kind of, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Okay, that was okay show. Um, our new super spy. She's actually were there three spies in Totally Spies? Yeah, they were like really yeah. Young kids. They're not really young. They were like uh, teenagers. Okay, was it? drawn in the style that's kind of like Ed, Ed and Eddie? No. Okay, never mind. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, our new spy, Paige Turner. She's actually um, an get old... Oh, <laughs> did not get that. It's old now. That's crazy. Uh, she, she's like an old spy, right? She's veteran, right? She has been a spy for decades and decades. She is white hair Eddie, walks around with a cane. Um, but she's one of these like great detective spies, right? Mm -hmm. She's a Sherlock Holmesy type, can read a person and understand who was the the culprit in the whole case. Yeah, and she's now at a palace in India where there has been a murder yeah. and everyone there's a suspect, but she has figured out who the murderer is. Right. It's like that movie clue, right? It's just like that. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, you know, the bellboy, the, like the mistress, the police guy. And also one of them is Thomas Cord. Right. 
she actually doesn't know what Thomas Court is doing here, but she can detail each of these other people. They've uh, they're either doing they're all doing something bad. The bellboy is kind of a perv. <laughs> the hotel <laughs> manager is embezzling money. The divorcee she's uh, stealing an artifact. But the um, the deputy of the the sheriff, the one that died, that is the one that was murdered. The deputy is actually the one, the real one that committed the murder, along with the rest of the police force. Apparently, the police force was sick of the sheriff's uh, corruption, right? Mm-hmm. So they took it into their own hands to take him out. As the sheriff pulls out a gun to take out Paige, Paige takes out of her cane a sword. Yeah, remember, this is like a seven-year-old woman. But in her cane, she has a sword, and she straight up cuts this guy's hand off at the wrist. <laughs> Pretty rad. <laughs> As she takes out this this deputy. And um, uh, there you go. She solved the case. Um, she also does this thing where she talks in this kind of French-Vietnamese accent to kind of lower the guard of everyone. But she's faking it. She can speak perfect English. Yeah, as Thomas Court approaches her and just like, I know you're faking it. I know who you are. So I need you to like come with me and I'll show you um, like these books or whatever. And he explains to her like, I'm my name is Thomas Cord and I have these memories of you, but I know it wasn't you kind of thing. It's weird. Um, she has memories decades ago when she was around Thomas's age and they were the same age. They uh, yeah. happened upon to be in the same mission, taking out this one gold maze member at this secret evil base, right? And um, they're fighting off being a duo uh, as they kind of run off into the sunset, winning the day. But it's weird because like those memories that Thomas has is the same memories that she has, but it's a different Thomas, of course. Right. We're back to that white Thomas from earlier. Yeah. Uh, it's another like revelation in Thomas's head that he's like just a singular of a many group of Thomas guards and explains um, pages inside of a book too. She is one of these novel characters. So the super team is assembled and they talk to Philip Verge, who's the one that's got the whole story, right? And we find out his origins as like this like rundown writer that had no good ideas um alcoholic lived in like sloppy yeah. apartment do you remember um, um in limitless before he finds nzt <laughs> yeah it's is exactly that what that. looks like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so crazy thing though as he's kind of looking up into the sky out of nowhere a red laser beam shoots into his eyes and he has this weird revelation where just the entirety of reality of just like every moment in reality all different timelines everything shoots into his head he has weird th- uh, like visions of the roman empire of world war one of space of the future of gorillas in uprising <laughs> right like weird things yeah. it's like he knows all of the world's history past present and future and that's why he could write these books uh, that's why he's just explaining that to the super team there as they're making their way to a mission to uh this castle held by the gold maze up in the snowy mountains so again just to reiterate the team now is thomas cord michael b jordan thomas cord yeah yeah. he's wearing like a almost like a superhero suit almost right yeah yeah spy suit we have we have john shaw this is like the diehard bruce willis he's wearing a regular t-shirt and jeans and no shoes um dr queen michelle queen who is 
the one that was like paralyzed without the suit, right? Right, right. And then um, the oldest one, uh, Paige Turner. <laughs> uh, she's kind of like murder. She wrote like she oh. can just figure out these mysteries. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so they're attacking this gold made gold maze base. Um, it's like this big castle up in the hill. As they take out the, uh, the agents standing guard, um, they're each using their own powers. Uh, John Shaw's got his super strength, and Michelle Queen's got her frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Thomas and Paige are kind of reminiscing about their past life, where they were, you know, they had relations too. They they had a relationship back in the day, but. There's weird feelings there because they're so different now, right? It's not this Thomas though, but he remembers it like it, like it was him. He knows it. He feels it. They're both getting kind of teary-eyed as they kind of go about the mission. John Shaw and Michelle make it to the middle of the castle, and they note there's gigantic metal coils and a tank of accelerant. They think this entire base is actually just one big bomb. Yeah, and they're making their way up the tower of the castle, and they meet up with Thomas and Paige, and they kind of break into like the main room, and who's there at the, like, the control room is Philip Verge. What? <laughs> the writer. Ah, it was him all along. He villain monologues himself. He says, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, see, I've seen all of the histories, all of the timelines, all of the ways this can go about. And somehow each of you is able to foil my plans, Philip Verge's plans. Yeah. So it's like the only way I could really win is to just put you all together and just kill you all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it's always one of you that defeats me. So if I just kill all of you, then no one will defeat me. Uh, Thomas gets the upper hand and shoots out Philip. Phillips, uh, both knees. <laughs> and he has like um, the, also like a dead man detonator, right? Yeah. He's like, don't do anything or else we'll all blow up. But Thomas shoots him in the knees anyway. Like, <laughs> he just calls and BS then, on it. And then it turns out he, he did this because Boy, the car, had deactivated the bombs and disconnected it already. Ah, uh, okay. So John Shaw is getting mad though. He's like, did you know that the trigger wouldn't work? And Tom was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, uh, then why would you do that? Why would you risk everything? And he's like, whatever, it's fine. He's, he's taken out. <laughs> he's but John fine. Shaw is just like pissed. All right. So they have their own ways of doing things, right? Um, they all make an escape out of the castle, jumping out the window. The funniest thing is Paige Turner. She jumps out just like everyone else. Like she's like spy jumping out. Seven-year-old woman jumping out of a window. (laughs) Like multiple stories up. So mission accomplished. They get out. It's funny because John shot too. Like he only knows one way to jump and it's that like diehard extended body look. (laughs) I love it. Uh, they, They land softly in the snow and, um, you know, they're able to get out alive. All right. Uh, a week later, they go back to Philip Verge's house, right? They're, his library is filled with books of stories of their lives, right? Yeah, some of like yet to happen. Um, so they can either read all of them and get understanding and upper hand on what can happen and just know the future. But they decide to just burn the entire house, get it out of the way, don't exist mm-hmm. anymore. Um, uh, Thomas's agency, MI10, is trying to get a, get a hold of these books. But he says, um, oh, it turns out he had it rigged to explode once he was gone. Um, but Thomas kind of just smiles at the camera like a debonair. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of the end of the story, but we finish up with another Philip Verge typing out this story that we were just finishing up on a typewriter. <laughs> yeah, he's now in like, in, like prison. Um, he too is in a wheelchair now because his kneecaps got blown, <laughs> yeah. blown out. And it ends with him typing on the typewriter to be continued. Bang. <laughs> 
So that was, again, that was a crazy idea for a book, right? I really like how they're going for all the spy hero tropes and got one of each, but they were not trying to hide it. In fact, they're highlighting it and not making fun of it, but just like showing how cool each one is. Yeah, kind of playing around with each uh, stereotype was cool and fun. And you get the idea as you're reading through it. You're like, oh, this is what they're going for. Um, but it's also underneath is like this trippy idea of what is reality. It's not too much of a head scratcher, which I kind of liked and I'm kind of okay with, which uh, I found was like, just hit the spot for me this week. I don't like the idea of like, oh, the guy that brought them together is actually the villain. But I mean, this is only like the first couple issues. I could see it going in crazier places after and getting some weird villains. So I kind of like the idea of them just forming this team at first. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to go into more things. It was amazing miniseries maybe he'll stop here it's an okay stopping point but um playing around with it i just had a good time with it it was a head scratcher but not too much played around with this, this cool is, stuff spies this just came out right i think this is like a 2020 book yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know we'd yeah, like to do so. older books but um i kind of did check the date when i said when i want to do this one so let's, let's just go ahead and do it but uh it's a yeah fun book. well yeah it's real fun i like how the characters they just copied michael b jordan and bruce willis they're like they it might all have been photoshopped on the, yeah. on the bodies <laughs> they might as well be cast for a comic book you know yeah but it, cool it, yeah. um yeah i really enjoyed it that was bang all right let's get into our side stories before I get into my side story today, um, as we're recording this over the weekend, I just want to mention, apparently, Blake Griffin is siding with the Nets. Wow. I just can't. I can't believe it. Um, what is your first take on this, knowing this news just broke? Blake Griffin. Uh, Blake. Go ahead. Right. Joining the, the... the Brooklyn Nets. You know, you already know who's on the Nets, so like, tell me about it. Right, right. He's playing on the Nets. Uh, what was the team the team he was on before, that was the <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. House of Gryffindor, right? Like, is he from a Harry Potter <laughs> character, Blake Griffin? <laughs> what the kind of a name is that? Blake Griffin, who was on, um, he was on Detroit, but then they had you know drama there, so he got bought out of his contract, and then he became a unrestricted free agent. And then now, just over the weekend, signing with the Brooklyn Nets, um, I think it broke by Woj. So what? I mean, just give me give me your first (laughs) quick hot take about the Nets now with Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, uh, I hope you know the Nets. uh, I hope like the new weather is good for him. He can (laughs) accumulate accumulate to the the good new weather and the new town. I don't, I don't think the weather's that different. The I hope he has like you know good. So then he has like probably good clothes for that weather too. He doesn't have to shop for new clothes. That's good, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's good. You know, the one less worry. What do you think about him and his new teammates? If you can name just one of his new teammates the, on the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, I can't. <laughs> Okay, never mind. Why, why are they named after, like, they're named after a piece of the court already? Like, they're named <laughs> yes. after the, the products they, like, <laughs> the Los Angeles nothing, basketballs. Like, <laughs> they're, not, they're nothing but the Nets, so. Okay. The, the Dallas sneakers. Like, they're just named after the equipment they use. Okay, all right. Uh, I think it's a big, big move, but whatever. If you don't care, Humongous. then you don't care. Humongous. I never said that. I just... No. <laughs> okay, my real side story. I watched um, Coming to America, the sequel. Oh, yeah. They got released, right? Yeah, I watched it on Amazon Prime. And I honestly, I, I didn't have high expectations. I didn't think it's going to be as good as the first one. I knew that going in. The first one, I would not argue if he 
you said it was the best comedy of all time. I would not. I would say, yeah, maybe it is. Wow, it's it is that good. It's that hilarious kind of joke. I think Coming to America, the original, is without a doubt one of the funniest movies of all time. Uh, yeah. The sequel, I would not count that. <laughs> I would not say that it is really. It is though. I'll say it is very funny. Uh, it's a different kind of funny though. I can just tell like the the way you make a movie now is different than the way you did in the eighties. It's PG-13, I think, so it's not R-rated. Um, a lot of the funny parts was like in reference to the original, and I think it's definitely like, is I it, don't know, it's like, it's, it's like meant for streaming. Is kinda. it repeat jokes and just like callbacks uh, all around? Kinda. I mean, all of the characters that were in makeup were characters from the old one. Oh, really? Again, like, right. like the barbershop guys and the preacher and the singer, right? So those guys are classic and they make a, a cameo in it. Um, and the whole premise of the movie is about Hakim not having a son as a rightful heir. All right. He has three daughters. So he realizes like, oh, he does have a son that he never knew about in back in Queens and he has to go get him and meet him and then prepare him to be the new prince i guess the premise is good it, it, i think the acting is pretty good but i just don't think it wasn't like every line is funny how the original was yeah i mean watching the first time you, you're just surprised at how good it was the second one yeah. you're saying it's just kind of is it a money grab does it feel like a money grab and they don't really want to make a hilarious movie I mean, I think they try to make the best movie they could. Mm, okay. But it's definitely more, like, there's definitely more heart-touching scenes than, than, than the original. Oh, really? Okay. All the right. original was like, we're just trying to be funny and, and have some dramatic scenes of, of like, of these two um, people trying to fall in love. And in this one, it's not necessarily a love story, right? It's about a story of a father and son getting to know each other. And um, some things, like, because most of it takes place in Africa now, too, in Zamunda. Oh, Yeah. It doesn't have that fish out of water as much as the original. Oh, that was the funny part of it too, right? Here and there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the kid now is getting used to living as royalty in Africa, but I mean like it, it's okay. It doesn't, it's not the same as Hakim trying to live with no means in, in Queens like the original. Right. Where like Queens, maybe it's not familiar, but we at least know what Queens is like on TV. And yeah. so it's fun seeing this weird character in this place we already know. And this uh, <laughs> random character we're seeing in... Uh, uh, it's a brand new place we don't know as a non-each member too well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a fun movie. I definitely still think it's worth watching, checking out. Um, I think Eddie Murphy's still really good in it, but he's not playing this outlandish character like in maybe like a Dolomite or something like that, right? Norbit. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's playing like this like nice guy now, right? Okay. Yeah. That wants to be a great father to this guy that he didn't know existed. Um, but all the other characters, I think, are, are pretty funny. Um, what's her name? Leslie Jones, I think, is pretty funny. I think this is the funniest thing I've seen her in. I forgot she's in that. Is, it, is she really that, that good? I think she's. this is the best thing I've seen her in because uh, she's not like crazy over the top about it oh, too really? much. All right, okay. Tracy Morgan is pretty funny in it, and as little as he's in, he's still really funny. And then, surprisingly, uh, I think Wesley Snipes is, is pretty funny in it. Really? All right, all right. Yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. So is Eddie back? Like, is... is uh... Uh, his return to comedy a good was it worth the wait um i i would not call this like his best like oh he's back moment yet okay what was the what was the netflix movie that he did dolomite right dolomite i am dolomite right yeah. i think that was i'm back yeah, that was pretty good i it's not yeah. lives up to his old stuff but it was you know surprised that after a while he still kind of got it yeah i would say this movie is not that eddie murphy of a, of a movie oh all right seems like a like a a piece with a lot of people in it okay gotcha yeah i mean he's the star of it but like it's 
not it's Eddie Murphy as Prince Akeem, so it's like he's being the nice guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, another one of the sequels that came out recently was like Borat too. Is Amazon mm-hmm. just kind of like buying into these sequels of these kind of older comedies? As you know, maybe. Borat and and Coming to America, different eras. But do you think that's their strategy? Maybe. maybe? Yeah, known properties. It it could be. And honestly, like I I don't mind it. I think maybe Coming to America I enjoyed more than Borat too, but still neither hold a candle to their originals. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I've been meaning to watch that. I know it just came out, but like it's been on my radar. I just forgot to uh, watch it this week, but I'll give it a try. I want to. Is there like any laugh out loud moments where you're holding yeah. your stomach? I mean, there's definitely parts where I, I laughed out loud, but like it was not like I can't breathe laughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're watching uh, Soul Glow and McDowell's in the original. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a try. Why not? It's Eddie Murphy. I'll give it a try for sure. Yeah, it definitely feels like more of like if you made a family version of Coming to America. That's crazy because, you know, like his like old stand-up, it's like the most raunchiest you could ever kind of get. Like, because... yeah. Considering he was also like super young when he did those and yeah. when he made like these big hit stand-ups. I, I watch it now. I don't think it's funny, but I know back in the day that was hilarious. Yeah. I, you can't say that now, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'd say give it a shot. It's definitely worth checking out. I do think a lot of parts are funny. It's just not as good as the original. All right. All right. Uh, might as well. Okay. Um, for myself, a veering right for the, the show that I watched this week uh, on Apple TV, I gave a try for the TV show Servant. Uh, yeah, and you're all about Apple TV now. Because <laughs> just because like it's a new every streaming service, I want to deep deep dive and see what they got. So that's the newest one I got, right? Um, so this is a psychological horror TV show, um, produced by M. Night Shyamalan. So, you know, with, with that guy, it's hit or miss, right? Isn't it? It's like 50% of the time it's your jaw drops by the end of the thing. But other times you're just like, yeah. I have heard good things about Servant. So Servant, it follows this affluent couple, right? And unfortunately Mm -hmm. they can't have babies. Um, and the mother has like this therapy thing where she's carrying around like a doll. Uh, okay. weird thing is they hire a nanny to take care of the doll this like 18 year old girl okay a few days later the baby the doll turns into a real life baby I, i'm not gonna watch this it's scary, it's scary yeah it's kind of scary <laughs> it, like it's never any jump scares i'll tell you now there's no jump scares now that kind of a horror thing but it's definitely like eerie and like what the heck is going on because the people in the thing like the the mom just accepts it as her baby and then the husband and there's also an uncle who's played by Rupert Grint, who is Ron Weasley from Harry Potter, and he plays like this American oh, kind of maybe I'll watch it. schlubby guy. It's kind of it's it was kind of a I just don't expect Ron Weasley to show up in this thing, but he did a pretty mm-hmm. good job. So um, the whole thing you're wondering like is it some type of like magic? Like is she some type of witch? This young girl is like 18, in, new into their home, uh-huh. is like bringing in like some something dark or whatever. While the, like yeah. the husband and uncle think they just this woman just like stole a baby and gave it to the family and it's like it's kind of <laughs> creepy and that's how they they uh take it over right and the way a lot of progress is like this so kind of crazy you kind of wondering what what's going on here and the nanny's not giving up that she thinks there was anything wrong like she's just uh, took up the job as a nanny and she's surprised too and oh, well she's not surprised she's like Acting like it's just a baby, right? She's doing her job. Oh, man. Okay. It's kind of it sounds very creepy. Very creepy throughout the whole thing. Um, so I finished season one, right? The whole time was just like a psychological question. 
Um, I think uh, I still don't know if it's a hit or miss this this <laughs> season one. So like, come on, Evan Red Shuffleon, what are you doing here? So there's another. Is season. there another season already? There's already another season. I haven't watched it yet. I just started it up again, and uh, it's got me on the hook. So I'm like, mm. pretty. It's pretty cre- creepy, and uh, uh, I like that. Um, the the couple, the the husband and wife, they're not very likable throughout the thing. So you're like. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a weird thing because they're after they're rich, right? The wife is like a news reporter, right? On on TV, right? Like um anchor, mm-hmm. and the husband's like a stay at home chef where he likes makes like really nice food, <laughs> and it's like weird thing. Uh, is it like kind of like a Black Mirror feel? Kind of, you know, the Black Mirror is like a uh, anthology thing, right? Um, but that, yeah. the feeling and uneasiness of what's going on, uh, I don't know what to align it. It's kind of like the other M Night Shyamalan thing, so mm. kind of that weird feeling. You just feel like something's off, right? Do you tend to like M Night Shyamalan? You know, most of the time, I think uh, most of the time that's 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 where it gets me. Where you say most of the time, <laughs> no, but yeah. a lot of the time oh, really? I really do. <laughs> Oh really? Okay. Like, like, so you like Air, Last Airbender? You loved that, right? That was obviously a hit. Everyone, everyone said so. <laughs> um, like, uh, okay, Unbreakable. Did you like that? Because I, I honestly, you go, you went. Honestly, the first time I saw it, I didn't like it. Yeah, and you told me when I first watched the first time you didn't like it, and I colored my vision of it, and I think. I didn't like it because you said it. You didn't like it. I, I don't know if I ever gave it a fair try. But when we got into like Split, like I was like, this Split, I love. This was amazing, right? James McAvoy is yeah. doing something here. Yeah, but I. The thing is, I didn't love it because it was connected to the Unbreakable. I loved it despite that. <laughs> And it's like, I wanted to see more M. Night Shyamalan stuff because of that. It was just so like, great. I, I love that one. Um, but then when we get on to like Glass, right? It's just such a letdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. You know, yeah. What about, what about, um, have you seen the trailer to his new movie that's coming out? Was he in a new one? I didn't know that. About people trapped on an island. And for some reason, like some of them is just like rapidly aging on the island. No, I did not know this existed. That's, that sounds yeah, kind of Check out that trailer. I forgot what it's called. Okay. I'll give it a peek. I, you know, I've never seen his his big hitters. I've never seen Signs or Sixth Sense all, all the way because I already know oh, the twist. Wow. You know, those are classic twists already. What about The Village? The Village, I really liked. I know it's like people mm. say it's not as good as those other two, but because I didn't yeah. know the twist at the end, watching it the first yeah. time, I thought it was good. And then there's also, um, gosh, what was it called? It's like The Woman in the Water or something like that. Yeah, uh, Lady in the Water starring yeah. also Bryce Dallas Howard and is it Giamatti? Paul Giamatti's in it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I don't know the premise. I know there's okay. like a pool somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, M. Night Shyamalan is like literally hit or miss 50% of the time, I feel like. And I still need to decide on this because I'm waiting for the final. I like I I know the twist of season one, but I'm waiting for more to, to like buy me in for season two. But uh, right. I don't. I don't think this is your thing at all. I'm not recommending it for you. But psychological thrillers I mean, are kind of my thing sometimes. All right, I think I do want to check it out because I've heard other people recommend it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think people say this is maybe the one of the better things on Apple TV. And uh, oh. yeah, yeah. I think this might be the last thing I'll watch on Apple TV for a while because I've kind of gone through all the recommended stuff you know <laughs> okay yeah i still need to check out those other two that you recommended so i'll definitely give that a, a check out sure 
Yeah, that was Servant. Uh, yet to be seen if it's great or not. All right. You have anything else you want to talk about for side stories? That's it for me for the week for uh, side stories. Okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, for the recap, I think we're doing like a primer for Falcon Winter Soldier right before that debuts. So I'm really excited for that series. And then we'll be back next week on the Reader Copy Podcast with a brand new comic book to talk about. Um, you could follow us on Spotify even or uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or stitcher that's right guys you can find us on all the social medias instagram facebook and twitter we're at the reader copy podcast uh let's know what you guys are up to what what comics you're reading what tv shows whatever the heck you're doing all right uh daniel before we go uh one last quick hot take blake griffin to the nets what do you predict do you think they win the whole thing blake griffin right um he's gonna have to fight uh, <laughs> fight how <laughs> the blake griffin uh, okay he's gonna have to all fight right. blake slytherin right. too down the road <laughs> bye guys i'll see you guys see you next week uh shout out to blake griffin all right see you guys 